going, Yamitators? Episode 157 coming at you live right now at 1.41 a.m. in the morning. I didn't record an episode this week, so I'm doing one right now for everyone, for you guys, for me, for everyone. Go to go to facebook.com slash Yamitat with Doug Culp. Like the page. Tell people about it. Go to iTunes and Stitcher, whatever you're listening to this on. Rate it. Review it. Say uh, say say things like, uh, uh, he's always ready, and and he's so prepared. You know, you know those kinds of things. Um, there was no duplex comedy suplex because this was one of the weeks where I thought I was going to be put up in the hospital, so I didn't. Uh, didn't book anybody for today which i mean technically it's tomorrow technically it's the day that you're gonna be listening to this if you do listen to this and if you are listening to this then you do listen to this (laughs) my twitter is dougathan d-o-u-g-a-t-h-a-n the show's twitter is yamatat y-a-m-a-t-a-t there's a donate button on my website through paypal there's also, I have a GoFundMe going because I have Lyme disease, everyone. Guess what? It's really weird. Guess what? Doctors doubt you, and then they see blood test results right in front of their fucking face, and then they still doubt you. It's weird. It's weird. Um, but I've been physically weaker, so I've been less able to <sighs> work and it sucks so i have a gofundme up to um help out with expenses rent is bonkers and not getting work is also bonkers so any help would be much appreciated um what is there to talk about you guys i've been watching colbert live uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I've been watching it live on TV, which is pretty cool. And then there's the commercials, and then you're like, oh, shit, time to mute it, because commercials are bad. 98% of them are terrible. I think I've ranted about this before. <laughs> Just don't do the sincere commercials. Make them, try and make it funny. Because if it's not funny, I'm not going to remember it. Especially if you're like Toyotathon. People are jumping up and down for joy for Toyotathon. No, they're not. No one's jumping up and down for Toyotathon. Because it's Toyota. It's boring. It's like very uh, common. No one's, no one's like, yes, I'm getting a new. <laughs> I mean, no no one does that for any car, I don't think. Unless there's billionaires out there who just have expendable income and they're like, I got a new car. But at that point, you're not impressed by things that you buy anymore or things that you can buy because you can buy anything. When you have a billion dollars, you can buy anything. You guys know how much a billion is? It's a thousand millions. Did you know that? No, wait. Yeah. A thousand millions. And a trillion is a thousand billions. And a quadrillion is a thousand trillions. And so on, 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 so on, so on, so on. Um, New Year's happened. Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy 2017. It's a new year, according to the calendar. So we're going to make this one a great one. Anyone anyone got any uh, New Year's resolutions? New Year's resolutions? Um, I'm... I'm going to resolve to work out once I've gotten over this fucking Lyme disease. Because 
if if and when I'm able to walk around like normal again without this cane and um, lift things, it's going to be cool. And I'm going to take advantage of it. Like, I was already walking every day. But the lime will get ya. The lime will get ya. The lime will get ya. Get ya. Get ya. Get ya. One way or another. The lime will get ya. The lime will get ya. Get ya. Get ya. Get ya. Seriously, though, guys, get checked out if you're feeling weird and you don't. And you've gone to see the doctor and they just send you home with a prescription. And then, and then you go, just, just. Can you give me a, a Lyme disease blood test, please? And they'll go, what? Have you been hiking? Have you gotten bit by a tick? Where did you get bit? How do you know? Are you an outdoors person? Like, they doubt the fuck out of you. And then you have to just go, listen, I have all these symptoms. I think I might have Lyme disease. Please test me for Lyme disease. Please? <laughs> Like you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to ask your doctor so fervently to to give you a fucking blood test for a disease. Please <laughs> please do it and then they finally do and then it comes back and then they go, Well, you were right. You have Lyme disease. Well Merry fucking Christmas. Happy fucking Hanukkah and happy fucking Kwanzaa to that news. I was actually really happy to hear it because I just, I knew that there was a way to treat it and, well, I, I didn't know immediately. I was told that there was a way to treat it and then I went, ooh, but it's always going to be dormant in me. I will always have a bit of the lime left inside. It's benign. That was... Eh. <laughs> eh. I'm a little tired. Um, let's see. Oh, so... I, uh, I love... I love thinking about and talking about automation, especially when it comes to artificial intelligence and um and you know self-driving cars that's a thing i would love to be driven by a car i love driving but also i would love to be driven by a car it's a luxury you guys it's a it's a service and then people are super worried about accidents and stuff if i got if i got in an accident in my self-driving car and it killed me i'd be like fucking i died doing what i loved driving getting driven around in my self-driving car <laughs> seriously i would have no regrets from that i'd just go well i was one of the i was one of the ones or you guys would say that Someone would say it. Someone remembers. Um. Shit. I didn't come with... I didn't... Think of much to talk about. Oh! Ooh! Here's something cool. I just saw a preview for Death Race 2050. Roger Corman. And, well... If you haven't seen Death Race 2000, do yourself a favor and watch that movie cuz it's pretty dope. And um and it's old. It's from the 70s, from like 75. And so Roger Corman, who made that one, also made a new one that's coming out on January 17th, I believe, called Death Race 2050. And Malcolm McDowell is the voice of the the leader of all the people in Death Race 2050. It's a post-apocalyptic type, mo type movie, and... Well, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Watch the original, and then when the new one comes out, watch that one. 
Uh, it looks to be very much in the spirit of the old one, which is good because that one was, that one was a lot of fun. I remember seeing that in, uh, in the theater. It was actually the drive-in movie theater. And, uh, you know, you, you hang the little radio box on your car window and, and, uh, the speaker box brings the sound of the movie in. It's kind of magical. I mean, I think now they do it through an FM transmitter, and they, you just have to go to a certain radio station in your automobile, but I liked the speaker box on the window. It was a nice touch. You can only get that there, and maybe it's Sonic. When did Sonic start? I can't remember. Hmm. But the drive-in movie theater... And seeing Death Race 2000 in that drive-in, oh boy, what an experience. The screen was so huge. It was like double IMAX. Triple IMAX. Quad Max. Triple. About triple IMAX. Have you guys ever been to a <laughs> drive-in theater? Huh? I can't hear you. Say it into your device right now. Okay, so some of you have. All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's fun. Drive-in movie theater. I haven't been in years. A couple years? A few years? The last one I went to was, it's down in Imperial Beach which is near the California-Mexico border. It's pretty close. You, I, you can, I'm pretty sure you can see Mexico from, uh, from around where the theater is. It's interesting. It's super interesting to just go, oh yeah, there's a border to another country. Things are different there. Hmm. It's interesting how little sometimes we think of other countries and I wonder I wonder how much in other countries there or you guys I mean you're listening I wonder how much in your countries like are you just inundated with news about the United States because Donald Trump is such a fucking nightmare disaster of a person or um, do you get a break from hearing about America sometimes because <laughs> <sighs> hearing about him and his fucking tweets every day is not how I want to spend the next eight years it's it's mind-numbing. Like, it makes me want to jump into a cannon and get shot into a live volcano. Just so I don't have to hear about Donald Trump's fucking stupid, dumbass face and head and brain and words and sentences and run-on sentences. And he's stupid. He's a stupid, dumb, stupid, dumb idiot. And he doesn't know anything about running a country. And he never did. And he probably never will. Because he's going to get other people to do it for him. He sucks. Donnie Drumpf. That's, the, that's a hashtag I started. Hashtag Donnie Drumpf. Because if you've seen that last week tonight, you know that his ancestor's last name was Drumpf. D-R-U-M... P.F. So yeah, get on the Donnie Drumpf train and make fun of him because he is a train wreck of a person. He's a reality star. He thought that he could lead the country. He thought he'd go real far. But then he pushed the button and everyone went, no, no, please don't push the button. It's too late. It's time to go. That's, I mean, 
He's a crazy, crazy person. Oh man. His 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 response to hackers was no emails, get it delivered by a courier? Are you kidding me? Gosh. Get a get a fucking carrier pigeon, why don't you? Get a raven. Tie it to a raven and send it to send it to fucking north of the wall. What is it? What is the one where they all where they're all from? The Starks? Oh shit. Wither Witherby. <laughs> Winterfell. Winterfell, not Witherby. I knew it wasn't Witherby. I was just trying to kinda of work it out in my head. But it's fun to work it out out loud. Witherby. <laughs> Witherby, Hitherby, and Shitherby. She was the queen of Shitherby. She didn't want to. But she had she shithered. She no. It's falling apart. I'm jumping ship. Jumping ship on that riff. Cause it was already okay. Just sticking with Whither be, whither she, whither he, whither we, whither be. That song is called Whither Be. It's, uh, it's available on my upcoming EP. Um, my upcoming EP, of course, has songs off of my uh, forthcoming um, LP. And, um, my, you know, I, 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 for, for real, I want to do, um, another music album. I don't have any time. Well, and also I'm really weak physically right now. So it's hard to play songs over and over and learn them. And, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a goal for 2017. Why the fuck not record another album? I have one that I self-released in 2007. I made 50 copies and it was fun. It was a lot of work and I saw very little out of it. Some people bought my album. Like some someone bought my CD at my CD release show. I was opening for someone, <laughs> but it was still my CD release show and I um I sold one of my albums and then the guy left and then I just went, huh, well, that's one random person in the world who has one of my CDs. <laughs> um, you can check out my music, you guys, if you haven't heard of it, it's called Music. It's just a thing that people listen to. I don't know. But I have some of it on reallygladyoucame.bandcamp.com That's my music page. One of them. There's another one on Facebook. If you search Doug's music, then you'll you'll find uh you'll find some more some more songs that I got. Um Don't be fooled by the songs that I got. I'm still Dougie, still Dougie from the, from the block. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm high and I'm tired. <gasps> oh, it's 2 a.m. Guys, you know what that means. Oh, you don't? You guys aren't on Lyme disease medicine as well? Well, here's the skinny on Lyme disease medicine. No dairy or wheat. Two within two hours on either side of the pill, uh, the uh, Lyme disease medicine, the doxycycline. And so I waited till two hours after, and I took my pill at midnight. I always take the first one at 5 p.m. and the second one at midnight. Because I'm usually up anyway. There's very rare occasion where 
I'm asleep before midnight. Because there's so much to do. Do it all. So I'm currently eating these toasty cracker rounds. They're from the dollar store. It's, it looks like they're supposed to be miniature imitation Ritz, but I know in my heart that these are the crackers that they use on those um, peanut butter, peanut butter sandwich, um, cracker sandwich uh, packets, you know, because the brand is Austin and I've seen that on those um, packages. So it's like they just had a bunch of extras and they went, well, we'll just... so there's no peanut butter left? What about cheese? Did we cover the cheese? All right. Well, <sighs> fuck, should we throw them away? No, just sell it as its own thing. What should we call it? We can't call it like a peanut butter sandwich or peanut butter delight or cheese cheesy cheesy cheese town like the other thing what are we gonna call it uh i don't know they're cracker rounds they're you know it's like a ritz but it's like a round so we because we're not allowed to say ritz because they they own that nabisco owns that so it's a cracker round uh and uh we toast them don't we don't we don't we toast these cracker rounds Yes, yes, sir, we do. Well, then fucking call it a toasty cracker round. Toasty cracker rounds, everyone. It's the best they could come up with. Your, your creative people are fired. You're fired instantly. Toasty cracker rounds? At least come up with a fucking catchy little name like Flippy Doos or something. Flip, flippity, flippity flops, flippity hops. Some playful name to trick me into buying it. The box is also very boring. It's like this, uh, orange, like a burnt sienna orange. Um, and then just a picture of a bunch of the crackers stacked Enlarged to show texture. Toasty cracker rounds. Our creative guy is fired. Seriously, you're bad at your job. Thinking up names for products? You fucking suck. Toasty cracker rounds. Idiot. Idiot. There's a lot of idiots in the advertising world. For example, I may have ranted about him before, but the guy who's in charge, or girl, who's in charge of um, the ads on CBS for CBS shows, whoever edits that shit together is a, is a, is a crackpot. Like, you are not editing TV together well. You should be fired. <laughs> so that someone who can edit well can make those shows look good. Oh, yeah, I have talked about this before. Because it was the editor for those commercials about Brain Dead, the show on CBS that some people watched. Some people watched. It was really good. And the commercials would make you believe otherwise. Because they were shittily made. Ugh, these toasty cracker rounds. Such a catchy name. TCRs. You guys head down, heading down to the store? Yeah. You picking up some TCRs? Hell yeah. 
You know it. Toasty Cracker Rounds. Don't be a square. Be round. And it works because if you're a square, then you're not eating these rounds. Also, if you eat too many of these rounds, you'll be round. So it's not negative. It's just stating a fact that if you keep eating these at all times of the day, you'll become round. And if you're already round, well then, you're not a square. You're round. <laughs> Toasty Cracker Rounds. Toasty Cracker Rounds. Ah, yes, I remember. They were toasty, they were crackers, and they were round. Those got me through some hard times back in 1967. Oh, you don't know. Well, 1967. I was tapped on the shoulder by someone at NASA to possibly fly up into space. Now, I'd never heard of such a thing. And some of you may be fact-checking out there and saying, well, John Glenn was in this day and this year and yada yada, but I'm not a computer. I don't always get the facts right about John Glenn. But he's the only one. Everyone else I know. So I... NASA had said, Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell, can I call you Malcolm McDowell? And I said, I prefer Malcolm, but if you want to call me Malcolm McDowell, then that's fine. Go on ahead. They said, Malcolm McDowell, will you be the first person to land on the moon? I was shocked. I didn't know what to say. So I said liftoff. We all celebrated, we, we drank champagne. The night was lit, as, as the kids would say these days. The night was lit as fuck. I was going to be an astronaut, believe it or not. But then something happened. I started acting more and... Well, the more I acted, the less I wanted to be away from Earth. Plus it... Seems risky going to the moon. There are those who haven't made it. And those who have, even a baboon. If you haven't heard it, I have a podcast of my own. It's called Dread Time Stories with Malcolm McDowell. Me, Malcolm McDowell. Check it out, guys. It's good. All these crackers. Toasty cracker rounds. Hey, kid. Where'd you get those toasty cracker rounds? Uh, I got them at, 
the store, mister. Can I have one? Uh, sure, mister. I'm taking the whole box. Goodbye. That kid died of starvation later that day. Hey, I know. It's an imaginary kid. An imaginary scenario. Don't you feel silly? Did you think that was a true story? A true story about how Malcolm McDowell robbed a little kid of his toasty cracker rounds? It's not. It didn't happen. Don't start talking about it. Don't spread it around. Yeah, so Malcolm McDowell is going to be in Death Race 2050. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to hold off on more of these Toasty Cracker rounds until I maybe get some cheese and put it on top. And then put it in the toaster oven. It's a, uh... Maybe I won't do that because I had a big ass salad earlier. Oh yeah, I've been eating. I've been eating healthier. Besides the toasty cracker rounds, which I just can't resist. You know, it's something brings me back. I I I see the picture of the toasty cracker rounds just sitting there, all toasty and crackers and not square and. It just brings me back to a, another time. A time when, well, everyone thought the world was a toasty cracker round. They were wrong. It's not. It's actually Earth. It's what people call it. It's Earth. It's a planet. It's got an ocean and some mountains, volcanoes and whirlwinds and whirlpools and tide pools and tailwinds. Stratus clouds and cumulus clouds, nimbus clouds and stratonimbus clouds. Ah, yes, the Stratonimbus. Google it. Go ahead. Ask Bing. Ask Bing to give you an image, image search result for Stratonimbus clouds. Uh. <clears throat> um, so yeah, Malcolm McDowell, that's, that's currently my favorite impression to do. It's one of the only ones that I do. But uh, I, th I think I've tapped into something. <laughs> Just gotta get the, 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 the slight, the slight accent, and, and the timbre of his voice is very important. I am Malcolm McDowell. I was in a Clockwork Orange. I just drank some water. Um, ooh. Rick and Morty season three is supposed to start very soon, I think. If I, if what was to be believed, if what I read is to be believed, I think it might start on Monday. But it's not a Monday show, was it? I can't remember. Shit. What a great show, Rick and Morty. You guys, give it up for Rick and Morty. I fucking love that show. Um. Oh, I just got to play the uh, Total Rick Hall card game tonight. 
Me and my roommate Aldrin played it, and it's really good. Um, I bet it's really, really good with, like, four or five people, because it just augments how many, um, parasites they are, there are. If you haven't seen that episode, don't play that game, because you won't get it. Like, you'll play it, but then you'll just go, what, what do I, what? and yeah you're not in on the joke so don't play that game if you haven't seen that episode oh hey guys i write tv scripts here we go you ready here we go i think i mentioned this on the last one too maybe i did Uh, a sitcom with two episodes, a cartoon with two episodes, a sitcom pilot, another sitcom pilot, a zombie horror show that me and my two friends wrote, a spec script for being human on sci-fi for season four, episode one. It's called Sometimes Sally Always Comes Back. I wrote a spec script for Preacher, season one, episode five. If you've seen one through four, go ahead and read my episode five. It's called Judge Not. And it's up on my blog, which is mockboymedia.wordpress.com. And also up there is my spec script for The Grinder, which had a full season. I didn't see any of the episodes while it was on. And then it got canceled. And that show is way too fucking smart to not go on. So check it out on Netflix, everyone. And then if you like the show which i mean if you don't if you don't like that show then you don't get it that's that's the conclusion i've come to with the grinder if you don't like that show then you don't get it and it's not for you and it's okay but don't talk shit on a show that you don't get and definitely talk praises on a show that you do get i fuck it i wrote a i wrote a season two episode one for that show and i wrote it as if it were for netflix and that's up on my blog so you know go check that out too go check out toasty cracker rounds go check out um zombie dice that's fun fun game it's a quick game go check out my deviant art page it's dougathan d-o-u-g-a-t-h-a-n dot deviantart dot com it's where uh, it's where all my stuff is um, all my art stuff I've started really wanting to make um, video games and I'm gonna get into the whole because um, you can download the SDK uh for unity four i think and make games on your own and i'm gonna start tooling around with that and having fun with it and see what i can come up with because i have some really fucking cool ideas for video games and very little know-how in in that realm so i'll have to tinker around and see what's what and see what happens Oh yeah, you guys, I evolved my Haunter into a Gengar today. Well, last night, technically. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a good moment, you guys. If you never had a Gengar evolved from a Haunter, <laughs> you have not lived. And if anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about is like, what is he talking about? Look it up. Look it up. I won't tell you. You gotta look it up. Because it's a fun world that I'm a part of now that I haven't been a part of for the last 20 years or so. Um, yeah. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> um, Rick and Morty. Ooh. Here's, here's a, here, maybe, maybe this would be cool. Maybe not. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. 
Because I feel like... I feel like it's kind of copping out if I just duck out at 40 minutes. But also... I could... I could get some reading done and read it to you guys from the Necronomicon. The best weird tales of H.P. Lovecraft. Commemorative edition. Oh, this one's only two pages. Night Gaunts. Shit, I haven't even read it. I just put the postcard there for a bookmark. Night Gaunts. Out of what crypt they crawl, I cannot tell. But every night I see the rubbery things, black, horned, and slender, with membranous wings. They come in legions on the north wind's swell, with obscene clutch that titillates and stings, Snatching me off on monstrous voyagings To grey worlds hidden deep in nightmares well. Over the jagged peaks of Thok they sweep, Heedless of all the cries I try to make, And down the nether pits to that foul lake Where the puffed Shoggoths splash in doubtful sleep. But ho! If only they would make some sound, or wear a face where faces should be found. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. That's not even two pages. That's two paragraphs. Night Gaunts. Fuck. H.P. Lovecraft, you were amazing. Do you guys know who H.P. Lovecraft is? First of all, Google it. Google it. If you've heard of Cthulhu, Google H.P. Lovecraft. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, Google it. Google H.P. Lovecraft. Alexa, look up H.P. Lovecraft for me. <laughs> Alexa, what is Cthulhu? Hey Siri, what is Cthulhu? Hey Siri, who is H.P. Lovecraft? <laughs> I just I fucking hope that worked on some of you. <laughs> uh, what's another one? Jarvis, but that one's not. Like, hey, Jarvis, it's more like you tap a thing and then say stuff and it says stuff back. I don't know. Night gaunts, you guys. Ooh, scary. I was going to re maybe read this short story called Dagon, which isn't even a story. It's bi They're based off of his night terrors. Oh, but it might be kind of long. Eh, it's only, wait. Two, three, four pages. Uh, fuck it. It's public. It's public domain. I'm doing it. Dagon. <clears throat> I'm going to do it in my voice, though, not Malcolm McDowell's voice. <clears throat> <clears throat> I am writing this under an appreciable, an appreciable mental strain. Since by tonight I shall be no more, penniless and at the end of my supply of the drug which alone makes my makes my life makes life endurable, I can bear the torture no longer, and shall cast myself from this garret window into the squalid street below. Do not think from my slavery to morphine that I am a weakling or a degenerate. When you have read these hastily scrawled pages, you may guess though never fully realize why it is that I must have forgetfulness, must have forgetfulness or death. It was in one of the most open and least frequented parts of the broad Pacific that the packet of which I was supercargo 
fell a victim to the German Sea Raider. The Great War was then at its very beginning, and the ocean forces of the Hun had not completely sunk to their later degradation, so that our vessel was made a legitimate prize, whilst we of her crew were treated with all the fairness and consideration due us as naval prisoners. So liberal, indeed, was the discipline of our captors, that five days after we were taken, I managed to escape alone in a small boat with water and provisions for a good length of time. When I finally found myself adrift and free, I had, I had but little idea of my surroundings. Never a competent navigator, I could only guess vaguely by the sun and stars that I was somewhat south of the equator. Of the longitude I knew nothing, and no island or coastline was in sight. The weather kept fair, and for uncounted days I drifted aimlessly beneath the scorching sun, waiting either for some passing ship, passing ship or to be cast on the shores of some habitable land. But neither ship nor land appeared, and I began to despair in my solitude upon the heaving vastness of unbroken blue. The change happened whilst I slept. Its details I shall never know, for, for my slumber though troubled and dream-infested, was continuous. When at last I awakened, when I, when at last I awaked, it was to discover myself half-sucked into a slimy expanse of hellish black mire which extended about me in monotonous undulations as far as I could see, and in which my boat lay grounded some distance away. Though one might well imagine that my first sensation would be of wonder at so prodigious and unexpected a transformation of scenery, I was in reality more horrified than astonished, for there was in the air and in the rotting soil a sinister quality which chilled me to the very core. The region was putrid with the carcasses of decaying fish and of other less describable things which I saw protruding from the nasty mud of the unending plain. Perhaps I should not hope to convey in mere words the unutterable hideousness that can dwell in absolute silence and barren immensity. There was nothing within hearing, and nothing in sight save a vast reach of black slime, yet the very completeness of the stillness and the hom hom homogeneity of the landscape oppressed me with a nauseating fear. The sun was blazing down from a sky which seemed to me almost black in its cloudless cruelty, as though reflecting the inky marsh beneath my feet. As I crawled into the stranded boat, I realized that only one theory could explain my position. Through some unprecedented volcanic upheaval, a portion of the ocean floor must have been thrown to the surface, exposing regions for innumerable millions of years that had lain hidden under unfathomable watery depths. So great was the extent of the new land which had risen beneath me that I could not detect the faintest noise of the surging ocean, strain my ears as I might, nor, there, nor were there any sea-fowl to prey upon the dead things. For several hours I sat thinking or brooding on, in the boat, which lay upon its side and afforded a slight shade as the sun moved across the heavens. As the day progressed, the ground lost some of its stickiness, and seemed likely to dry sufficiently for traveling purposes in, in, sh in a short time. That night I slept but little, and the next day I made for myself a pack containing food and water, preparatory for an overland journey in search of the vanished sea and possible rescue. On the third morning I found the soil dry enough to walk upon with ease. Walk upon! The odor of the fish was maddening, but I was too much concerned with the graver things to mind so slight an evil, and set out boldly for an unknown goal. All day I forged steadily westward, guided by a faraway hummock, which rose higher than any other elevation on the rolling desert. That night I encamped, and on the following day I still traveled toward the hummock, though that object seemed scarcely nearer than when I had first espied it. By the fourth evening I attained the base of the mound, which turned out to be much higher than it had appeared from a distance, an intervening valley setting, out, setting it out in sharper relief from the general surface. Too weary to ascend, I slept on the shadow of the hill. 
I know not why my dreams were so wild that night, but ere the waning and fantastically gibbous moon had risen far above the eastern plain, I was awake in a cold perspiration, determined to sleep no more. Such visions as I had experienced were too much for me to endure again, and in the glow of the moon I saw how unwise I had been to travel by day. Without the glare of the parching sun, my journey would have cost me less energy. Indeed, I now felt quite able to perform the ascent which had deterred me at sunset. Picking up my pack, I started for the crest of the eminence. I have said that the unbroken monotony of the rolling plain was a source of vague horror to me, but I think my horror was greater when I gained the summit of the mound and looked down on the other side to an immeasurable pit or canyon whose black recesses the moon had not yet soared high enough to illumine, to illumine, illum, il, illumine, 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 maybe. I felt myself on the edge of the world, peering over the rim into a fathomless chaos of eternal night. Through my terror ran curious reminiscences of paradise lost and Satan's hideous climb through the unfashioned realms of darkness. As the moon climbed higher in the sky, I began to see that the slopes of the valley were not quite so perpendicular as I had imagined. Ledges and outcroppings of rock afforded fairly easy footholds for a descent whilst after a drop of, of a few hundred feet, the declivity became very gradual. Urged on by an impulse which I could not definitely analyze, I scrambled with difficulty down the rocks and stood on the gentler slope beneath, gazing into the Stygian, de Stygian deeps where no light had yet penetrated. All at once my attention was captured by a vast and singular object on the opposite slope, which rose steeply about a hundred yards ahead of me an object that gleamed whitely in the newly bestowed rays of the ascending moon, that it was merely a gigantic piece of stone, I soon assured myself, but I was conscious of a distinct impression that its contour and position were not altogether the work of nature. A closer scrutiny filled me with sensations I cannot express, for despite its enormous magnitude and its position in an abyss which had yawned at the bottom of the sea since the world was young, I perceived beyond a doubt that the strange object was a well-shaped monolith whose massive bulk had known the workmanship and perhaps the worship of living and thinking creatures. Dazed and frightened, yet not without a certain thrill of the scientist or archaeologist's delight, I examined my surroundings more closely. The moon, now near the zenith, shone weirdly and vividly upon the above the towering steeps that hemmed in the chasm and revealed the fact that a far-flung body of water flowed at the bottom, winding out of sight in both directions, and almost lapping my feet as I stood on the slope. Across the chasm, the, wa the wavelets washed the base of the cyclopean monolith, on whose surface I could now trace both inscriptions and crude sculptures, the writing was in a system of hieroglyphics unknown to me, and unlike anything I had ever seen in books, consisting for the most part of conventionalized aquatic symbols such as fishes, eels, octopi, crustaceans, mollusks, whales, and the like. Several characters obviously represented marine things which are unknown to the modern world, Excuse me, but whose decomposing forms I had observed on the ocean-risen plain. It was the pictorial carving, however, that did most hold me spell that did most to hold me spellbound. Plainly visible across the intervening water, on account of their enormous size, was an array of bas reliefs who whose subjects would have excited the envy of Adore. I think that these things were supposed to depict men, at least a certain sort of men. Though the creatures were shown disporting like fishes in the waters of some marine grotto, or paying homage at some monolithic shrine, which appeared to be under the waves as well. Of their faces and forms I dare not speak in detail, for the mere remembrance makes me grow faint, grotesque beyond the imagination of a Poe or a Bulwer. They were damn 
They were damnably human in general outline, despite webbed hands and feet, shockingly wide and flabby lips, glassy, bulging eyes, and other features less pleasant to recall. Curiously enough, they seemed to have been chiseled badly out of proportion with their scenic background, for one of the creatures was shown in the act of killing a whale represented as but little larger than himself. I remarked as, as I say, their grotesqueness and strange size, but in a moment decided that they were merely the imaginary gods of some primitive fishing or seafaring tribe, some tribe whose last descendant had perished eras before the first ancestor of the Piltdown or Neanderthal man was born. Awestruck at this unexpected glimpse into a past beyond the conception of the most daring anthropologist, I stood musing whilst the, the moon cast queer reflections on the silent channel before me. Then suddenly I saw it. With only a slight churning to mark its rise to the surface, the thing slid into view above the dark waters. Vast, polyphemus-like, and loathsome, it darted like a stupendous monster of nightmares to the monolith, about which it flung its gigantic scaly arms while it bowed its hideous head and gave vent to certain measured sounds. I think I went mad then. Of my frantic ascent of the slope and cliff, and of my delirious journey back to the stranded boat, I remember little. I believe I sang a great deal and laughed oddly when I was unable to sing. I have indistinct recollections of a great storm some time after I reached the boat at any rate. I know that I heard peals of thunder and other tones which nature utters only in her wildest moods. When I came out of the shadows I was in San Francisco in a San Francisco hospital brought thither by the captain of the American ship which had picked up my boat in mid-ocean. In my delirium I had said much, but found that my words had been given scant attention. Of any land upheaval in the Pacific, my rescuers knew nothing, nor did I deem it necessary to insist upon a thing which I knew they could not believe. Once I sought out a celebrated uh, ethnologist and assumed him with peculiar questions regarding the ancient Philistine legend of Dagon, the fish god, but soon perceiving that he was hopelessly conventional, I did not press my inquiries. It is, it is at night, especially when the moon is gibbous and waning, that I see the thing I tried, that I see the thing. I tried morphine, but the drug has given only transient surcease, surcease, and has drawn me into its clutches as a hopeless slave. So now I am to end it all having written a full account for the information or the contemptuous amusement of my fellow men. Often I ask myself if it could be, if it could not have all been a pure phantasm, a mere freak of fever as I lay sunstricken and raving in the open boat after my escape from the German man-of-war. This I ask myself, but ever does there come before me a hideously vivid vision in reply. I cannot think of the deep sea without shuddering at the nameless things that may at this very moment be crawling and floundering in this on its slimy bed, worshipping their ancient stone idols and carving their own detestable likenesses on the submarine obelisks of water-soaked granite. I dream of a day when they may rise above the billows to drag down in their reeking talons the remnants of puny, war-exhausted mankind, of a day when the land shall sink and the dark ocean floor shall ascend amidst universal pandemonium. The end is near. I hear a noise at the door, as of some immense slippery body lumbering against it. It shall not find me. God, that hand! The window! The window! Necronomicon, the best weird tales of H.P. Lovecraft. That was worth it. I think that was worth it. Um, if you don't, or if you stopped listening, then sorry. Tough, tough. I, I did it anyway. It was fun. Uh, and I had never read that story, so... 
actually I think I started it and then I didn't get through it before but reading it for the podcast was kind of cool hope you guys liked it um yeah hope you guys like the show I'm gonna end it there uh here and um it's now 2 41 a.m and I'm gonna save this thing and export it as an mp3 and then I'm gonna um write some stuff on my um you know descriptions of the episode and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna um save save new things on the website so that that'll update and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna drag some stuff from my computer over to the internet spot where it goes to make my podcast readily available for you guys. This is episode 157. Been doing this for three years and one week. This has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp. <laughs>